Welcome to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. I'm Kristen Henke, your hostess with the mostest, guide from the side, and mistress of ceremonies. Together, we're about to explore and deconstruct the shame and stigma surrounding our sexuality. You heard that right. We're going deep on the topics of sex, relationships, spirituality, health, and everything else that impacts our ability to live, love, and orgasm freely. My hope is to shine a light on our shared experiences by normalizing taboo topics and empowering each of you to reclaim autonomy of your pleasure, your bodies, and your lives. You are now entering a judgment-free zone where I ask all the uncomfortable and embarrassing questions for you. Our unofficial mantra is be curious, not judgmental. So leave your inner prude at the door or strap her in tight because this is happening. guys. Welcome back to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. It's your girl, Kristen. This is our first episode back after um, a week, a week off. So I decided earlier this month during a new moon intention setting scenario that one of my intentions for this next season for this next quarter really is to create more spaciousness in my life. So part of that was me taking inventory of my business, uh, how I'm showing up in, in the spaces that I have created and curated and where I have community and what it looks like to allow more room for flow and creativity. And also just higher quality. I'm very much a quality over quantity kind of person. And so that led me to the podcast being one of my primary things. And I had started to feel just with motherhood and life. Uh, My daughter is almost seven months old. She's crawling. She's pulling up on things. She's completely mobile. She's grabbing electrical cords. (laughs) And I am required to be a lot more present with her as she is staying up longer during the day and adjusting and, you know, all of the changes are happening. And I really felt like I wasn't able to give my full focus and attention to the podcast. I felt like I was rushing to just slap something up every week. And that felt really bad because that was never my intention for this platform. I created this concept and this space for these really important conversations really consciously and really intentionally. And so I want the content that I put out to be impactful. I want the guests to be meaningful. I want to continue being really thoughtful in what I offer and what I put out for you guys. So I decided that instead of releasing four podcasts every month, I'm going to release one bi-weekly. Uh, So that'll be two a month. I will release a podcast every other month. I feel like that'll also give you guys time to really settle in with the content and to join the conversation and to talk about it and to share it with friends and to really integrate the lessons and the expertise and the people that I'm sharing with you into your lives in a way that hopefully supports you on an even deeper level. So Speaking of support and important conversations, 
today, my guest is uh, my favorite person in the whole world. It's my husband, Mike Henke. He has been on the show two other times, uh, once to talk about our sex life during pregnancy and how our relationship was shaping up. And then wants to talk about our sex life postpartum, because you guys wanted to know about that. And that was a very honest conversation. And we're back again today because over the last month or two, I have been to several virtual retreats, which are really incredible. And they were all incredibly supportive and empowering of women. And a lot of the conversations though, that cropped up on the side were around evolution of the couple when someone is on the self-development rocket ship. So you, um, I'm speaking to, to women. I assume that I'm not, I assume there are men that listen to the show, but I'm, I know that I am primarily speaking to women right now. And sometimes when we really start to reclaim autonomy of our lives and we start doing this deep inner work and breaking through limiting beliefs and up-leveling our tribe and raising our vibe and all of that, it can feel like tension in our romantic relationships with our partners. Uh, It can feel like we are suddenly not on the same page anymore, maybe not even in the same book. Sometimes there's fear. A lot of women were voicing fear around outgrowing their partner. Like what happens if they don't come with us? Um, And, and that's a very real, that's a very real fear. So Mike Hanky and I know a thing or two about that because I I think I started the process. I jumped on the self-development rocket ship and took off sometime around 2014, maybe. And we had been together uh, a year or so, or it was longer than that. I think the first real conversation we had about it was um, during the first year of our marriage, actually. And we dated about, we were together three years before we got married. So Mike has joined me. He's here. I'm here. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Oh, well, thanks. All right. Fantastic. um, uh, Just essentially that we were going to address the conversation of co-evolution within the relationship because a lot of women had been voicing concerns around growing apart or growing out of their partner, their Mm. partnership when evolving and like starting to do the deeper work of you know, breaking down all the old like beliefs and family stories and all of that stuff. And sure. so I just, I wanted to bring you on to talk about it. Cause I, they all know I'm a little bit of a self-development junkie. Yes, you are <laughs> every day. Always doing something. Always trying something. Always trying to be better. And, um, yeah, we had, we had some, some rough patches. We've, we've grown through a lot of different stuff together. And so I just kind of wanted to check in with you and ask you about your experience being married to someone who is on what they call the self-development rocket ship. <laughs> is that what we call it? The self-development yeah, rocket called. ship? I didn't point that. Somebody else called oh, that. Okay. But I just, I, I knew that you could give some really valuable feedback for people who are worried that they're going to outgrow their partner. And I thought we would just share maybe some of our experiences around that. So hmm. when for you, when, when did you identify maybe the first, because for me, the timeline is really fuzzy. When do you think that I first started getting really serious about like bettering myself and digging into all of this kind of work? Ooh, 
I would say probably at the end of when we were living at the South Nashville apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think is when you started to start talking about different things, what you wanted to do and betterment, your, better yourself and all that fun stuff. I think you really went into full gear when we moved into Germantown. So mm-hmm. I don't remember what year that was, 2018? No. 2018, right? 2017? Well, because we got married and I got back and took that job with that one entrepreneur. Yeah. And then we moved to Germantown not Maybe that long after years that. After so maybe 2017. That, right? Yeah. Yeah. 2017. That's when you really started. That's when it got serious. That's when you really started to kick it into full gear. Yeah. And start getting uh, fun. Started getting fun. <laughs> <laughs> what were the... Just two, just, you know, I think we were on different paths at that time. Yeah. Let's, so let's talk about that a little bit. So for me, the path that we're talking about is that I, around that time, I had... Mike and I had quit. No, not yet. We hadn't done that. I'm getting ahead of myself. Getting ahead of myself. Um, No, we had just gotten married. We got married in 2016. Had just gotten married and I was trying to quit a job in the medical field. I had been working in the medical field for almost six years prior to this time period as a clinic manager, as... um, like a, a partnership manager doing all these different things. And at this time I was managing a plastic surgery practice. And I remember distinctly getting up one day and I, I think I had had a conversation with a practice manager who had just shared in a very casual conversation, like we're on the phone and I was connecting with her about surgery or something. And she shared that she had been there for over 25 years. She'd worked at the same job for 25 years. And that really got me thinking. And later that night I was laying in bed and I just had the thought like really clearly, I was like, I don't want to be running a medical office 25 years from now. Like, I don't want to be in this job. I don't want to be making, you know, $50,000 a year with really good medical insurance. Like I, and at the time too, just being in plastic surgery, uh, this isn't a judgment to anybody out there who indulges frequently, but just the things I was seeing and from the people who were coming in and and it was a lot of it was very cosmetic. And I started to feel like I was really out of alignment um, because it was really important to me to help women empower themselves and accept themselves. And I was like preaching that and trying to practice it in my own life. And I was really like getting micro and nitpicking myself a lot because I was in an environment where people were coming in who, when I saw them, I would think, Oh, what a beautiful person. And they would come in and they would tear apart their face and, you know, have a bunch of stuff pumped into it so they could feel better about themselves. And it just, it didn't feel healthy for me, especially at that time, the environment didn't feel healthy for me. I was way micro focused on, I mean, I became critically aware every time like a new first blood vessel showed up on my leg and I would try to deal with it with like laser. And it just, it got really stressful. I was like, I'm watching myself, Mm -hmm. you know, have all of these things happen to me. And I would rather be living my life and doing something important than so focused on, you know, just on those things that don't matter at the end of the day when you're old. So I, that was the the first thing I was just like, I don't want to be here 25 years from now. And I don't want to be in this field anymore. And that led me to accepting a position 
um, with a serial entrepreneur in Nashville who had a lot of different ventures and I didn't know what the heck I was getting myself into, but I also just the language and everything that the world that I was being introduced into the, the world of true entrepreneurship, I had never actually been in. And that was a huge gateway for me, the, mm -hmm. the very beginning of me starting to imagine what life could look like if I worked for myself, if I could design like my perfect life and business and think outside the box and you know, all of that. Yep. So that's kind of how that started for me. Where, where were you during that time? What was going on with you in your life? Like what path were you on? I was still happy with what I was doing. Yeah. I, mean, I know. <laughs> we're telling them. <laughs> yeah. I was still happy. Uh, you know, just going to work every day and living my life, hanging out with my friends and, you know, keep, keep clipping along. Um, but you made that big change. I think when you took that entrepreneurship, um, job mm -hmm. and that's when you start being introduced to all these people that at that time i would say were woo woo mm -hmm. <laughs> or in my opinion just it didn't make sense to me yeah you know um uh, why these people are getting paid you know hundreds of thousands of dollars a year just to like tell people how to talk about mindset and stuff. yeah <laughs> like i just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me so you know um it took, it took me a while to transition into where you were, definitely longer than it took you, but you jumped into that and then what I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of what set the ball really rolling to get me on, on the same page as you. Was it the, like, after you came back from that California trip for that mm -hmm. project that like, yeah, you know it's called? The Bliss Project. The Bliss, project, Bliss yeah. project, yeah. I think when you came back from that, that's when it was like... Mm -hmm. You know, you were totally switching gears. Yeah. There was no going back at that point. Yeah. And then you got the couples thing and we started doing that. And that started, I, I could understand at that point, mm -hmm. you know, okay, now I understand why people pay, Yeah. you know, money to do this. Am I still 100% on board with it? I don't think I'm totally sold yet, but I understand why people <laughs> pay the money to do it now. All right. So I'm going to back us up a little bit. Um, so for you guys listening, before before I went and every, every, I feel like every couple has a story like this where somebody went to a conference somewhere, whether it was Tony Robbins or, or otherwise, somebody had a transformational conference experience and then has to figure out how to bring that home to their partner. But before that happened, we had been experiencing tension because, oh, yeah. yeah, we got to talk about the tension because that's what everyone's afraid of. The tension. The tension was real. We were experiencing tension. Um, from my end, it was because I felt like I was waking up to all of these things just about myself, about life, about the world, about what it means to be in alignment and in integrity, what it means to be really healthy, what it means to be emotionally healthy. I was getting all of this information and it was changing my life. I didn't know how to talk to Mike about it. I didn't know how to share what I felt and what was going on with me. Yet it really frustrated me that why, I felt why like. Why did you feel like that? Though? What? Why? Why did you feel like that? I felt like you wouldn't understand it. Is it because I didn't understand like the language or like the wording or like how maybe I wasn't. I think because we didn't have, even though we did a really good job in the beginning, I mean, we've always been good at communication, but 
if you remember, especially like back in the beginning, it was really hard for me to be really, to be really, really honest Mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. you because I was always worried that if I was as honest as I wanted to be, that you wouldn't be able to receive like what I was saying or that you were going to take it too personally or that you were going to like break up with me or something. Like I had that fear. I mean, I had that, that was real. I had that fear that I think part of it too, is that if I was really, really honest with you, maybe you would, (laughs) this is terrible. Maybe you would find me to be a different person. I felt like I was changing rapidly. And I thought that if I was really honest about what was going on with me, you would say to yourself, Oh, well, you are not the person that I signed up for because like just a couple months ago or just a year ago, like you weren't like this at all. And now mm-hmm. you are, you're changing everything. Yeah. I don't want to be here anymore. That's real. I mean, that that's is real. real. That's really what's happening. That is what's happening. Yeah. And so, and that is true. That yeah. is true. But I was worried <laughs> that you wouldn't be on board with the person I was turning into. And I didn't want you to believe So that's me. what we have to dig into because that's yeah. what people want to know is that, that their yes. fear that. that person's not going to love them anymore. Right. But then them. we got to talk because I'm the one, I'm the one who's changing. So I'm, I'm yes. saying the fear cause they all feel that part. Yeah. Yeah. But why, so we got to talk about the fact that yeah, you, but why would I, why wouldn't I love you? Right. That's what we want to talk about is the, the, how, right. The well, I, yeah. But I feel like you're also trying to get away from the part I'm getting to, which is that I was mostly <laughs> feeling friction because I felt like all of my changes that were happening were for the better but I wasn't sure that you would be able to appreciate them because you seemed very happy with like the mundane like repetition of going to work, hanging out with your friends on the porch, getting drunk, kind of bitching about work and then starting over. And I was like, if he, if that's the kind of life, if he's not interested in anything more than that, he's not going to want to go where I'm going because I want so much more than that. And so that's where the friction came. And that's when we had that very, that's when Kristen yelled at me. I didn't yell. That's very important to note. Kristen yelled at me. Tell so people what you mean so by when I yell. Back it up though. a little bit. No, first so tell them what you mean when you say that I yell, because she, I don't actually yell at you. She pulled me to a corner and sternly talked to me. It's like serious talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I cornered you. She sternly talked to we me. We were in the kitchen. We were in the kitchen, yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So the kitchen is back. wide open, so I could have right. gone. You could have gone anywhere. Um, so let's back up. Yes. When this all started to come mm-hmm. into play, we had just left the South Nashville house. We were in. So we weren't close really to any of our friends. Mm-hmm. Most of our f- friends were either in the city or um, like right outside the city. So they, for us, it was like 15 minutes or 20 minutes to get to anyone we wanted to see. So we did go and we did see our friends a lot, but we weren't close enough to them just to pop over and say hi on a Wednesday. Right. Um, so then when we moved into the city or Germantown place, we moved downtown, we moved downtown <laughs> Nashville. and all of my friends were within walking distance now besides one. Yeah. So I had literally one of them, two of them, in one the lived building. one floor up and then the other one lived right around the corner. I could literally walk there in about a minute. Yeah. So I started to hang out with people more often. I think this is really what it set it off. I was going out a lot more mm-hmm. and I think you saw me going down a path. That was definitely different from what you you wanted to be doing because yeah. you were pulling back. You weren't going out as much anymore. Right. You were starting to focus on other things in your mm-hmm. in your life and prioritizing things differently. But I was not. I was right. doing the exact opposite of that. Yes. And and that's when I think yeah. it came to the full head. And you were right in most areas, but I was a twenty eight twenty eight year old yeah guy who just moved into the downtown city all close to all of his friends so i was just having fun and letting loose you know and yeah. 
it, I came around. It took yeah. me a little bit, but the problem is, is maybe not everyone will come around though. And so I, that's where, yeah, you know, you have to figure out how you work through well, it. But talk part, through it. Yeah. And part of it though, was that not only like you're saying, and this is so funny because it would be maybe a little different if we had been dating or whatever. You're like, I was a 28 year old guy and like my friends and partying and what, and like we were, you were also my husband. Well, I was married. Yeah. yeah. And what was yeah. happening is that while you were going out all the time, you were not leaving anything for me or our relationship. You would yeah. go out and party until really late and you would come home and then you would spend the next day on the couch hungover and tired. And that was supposed to be your time with me, quote unquote. You'd be like, Oh, we hung out all day, but you were like on your face in sweatpants because you had too much fun the night before. And I felt like I was getting your sloppy thirds. Yeah, and what was and my argument? And what was my argument all the time? I don't even remember because it was dumb. You sh- you always had the opportunity to come out with us. All of our other friends' oh. wives are out, and you were like, I don't want to. And do that. that's when I was and like, I we got am uh, trying to build a new life for yes. myself, and that requires work, and I can't be plastered and out every night if I want that. Let's be real, guys. We talk about me drinking a lot. I feel like every time I come on the show. Mike is not an alcoholic. <laughs> it wasn't a lot, but it was, it was more often. than what it was, it was before really often, because though. I was close to all my friends. Yeah. And so the quality of our yeah. relationship was suffering as well. Yes. And that was, yes. Um, well, and I'll never forget what you said to me during that argument. You were like, I, I'm, the guy, I'm the guy, I'm the same guy I was when you met me. And I said, you mm-hmm. were 25 when I met you. Yes. And now I'm fucking trying to grow up and do some stuff. And like, you're not, you are supposed to evolve and grow. And you, yes, you are the same guy I met when I married you. And yes. I expect you to be like going, trending upward yes. <laughs> and you're not. <laughs> so that begs a really good question though. Why did you expect me to be trending upward? What, what's that? What expectation? Why in three years, why would you expect me to be maturing and transitioning? because because I was so much I was growing so much and I you didn't want to leave me behind I didn't and I and that is what it was is that I became afraid because I saw myself rapidly expanding and you weren't going anywhere and I (laughs) I wasn't going anywhere no (laughs) I was going places I was doing great at my job I was you know in the line for promotion Right. But, but you were still, according to what I was, I was doing better than most people. Right. But according to what I, (laughs) I'm sorry, honey, you were going somewhere. You just weren't going where I was going. That's true. That's more honest. I don't mean to be totally shitty. I, I, yeah, you were going somewhere different than I was. And I became really like, I just had a flash forward to our future. And I was like, if he keeps going that way and I keep going this way, we're going to split apart. We're not going to be able to stay together. Yes, I agree. You wanted a life of freedom yeah. and entrepreneurship, which I, I want as yeah, well. Yeah, and you were like climbing the but ladder. I was climbing, I still am, but yeah. climbing the corporate ladder and my time is becoming less and less and less for, the, for yes. you at that time before we had a family. Right. And my time with my friends was expanding. Mm-hmm. My work time was expanding. So yeah. your time was shrinking. And I was getting nothing. <laughs> and the flash forward to 30 years down the road, Mike in the same boat was yeah. very realistic at that time. Yeah. Well, and I, and I'm, I didn't even give him 30. I, I think I said, uh, three years from now, if we're going the way we're going, we're not going to be together because this isn't, Yeah, but I'm talking about your flash forward. Yeah. But I was like, this is not what I envisioned like for my partnership and for (laughs) our marriage and for our life. And that it's been over over three years guys and we're still together. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're married, got a baby. Uh, we, both quit our jobs at one point and traveled the world for six months because we wanted 
I mean, that we were aligned. That, that's yeah. when we started getting like, Was that after we did the? Oh yeah. Sorry. I need to bring us to the pinnacle. Yes. So th- these were, this was the tension. This was all the stuff. So Just then I, summertime. yes, or, or spring, or spring. No, fall. It was yeah, the fall so before. The winter, right? Because it was our anniversary, our yeah. one year anniversary. So November. Yeah. So then that March, the following March, mm-hmm. I went to Lori Harder's Bliss Project. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, had a lot of ahas and big things. And I just, and there was a part of the, the conference where she was sharing again, just about her and her husband, Chris, and how their trajectory it started out very similar to what I was experiencing. She was doing all of this stuff. He was not on board. There was tension in their relationship. And then she basically talked about, you know, being so dedicated to the partnership that you're willing to do whatever it takes to get them on board. And then if they don't meet you, that's when you have to decide that, that you're going there, whether they go with you or not. And I felt in that moment that I hadn't fully given you the opportunity to go there with me because I hadn't communicated with you enough about where I was trying to go. Mm-hmm. I was so busy stuck in the actual work I was doing that I wasn't communicating the vision of what I wanted for our life, not just my life. And I think for a long time, I did make it very, it felt like it was very about me. And I definitely was probably a little snotty if I know myself about, yeah, yeah, about evolving where I was like, I'm so good because I'm doing all these things and you're lame because you're not. And I was very me versus you. And I wasn't doing a good job. I wasn't the only one that thought this. Some of our friends. No, I know. And I'm being really honest. I am. I'm I'm admitting that and and owning that because I can see that I was so focused on trying to tell you what was going on with me that I wasn't communicating what I wanted for both of us. Like I was changing all the stuff for myself so that I could show up better for our partnership. And I wanted something for our life together. And I felt like I wasn't doing a good job connecting those dots for you. And so that's when I called you from like the hallway of that hotel. And I was like, listen, these two people, yeah, these two people who sound like us, to be honest, the dynamic of them sounds like us. They are, you know, doing all of these things. They're offering a, a new course that was literally called Aligned. And it was about, it was about this very thing. It was about helping couples kind of get on the same page. And of course there was like a, you know, exclusive discount because we were there at the event, blah, blah, blah. And so I called him and I was like, I, I want to do this. I think it's really important. I think it's going to give us the language we need to talk to each other about this stuff. And I, you know, I just feel like it's important. Will you do this with me? What a Whew. big step was that? That was for me, wasn't it, man? It was yeah. because I told you, I was like, it's a thousand dollars. It was not chump change. No. And it was, uh, and, and, and that was the most I'd ever spent on any kind of course or, or anything like that. Been like, right. Thousand dollars. <laughs> you know what I can do with that money? Yeah. And I was like, I, I feel like this is really important. I feel like I was really vulnerable too. I mean, you I were. feel like I was like, this is important to us. That was the first time you, I think you started talking about us. Yeah. And not just me. Versus you. <laughs> right. Which yeah. is very important to know, guys. Yes. <laughs> For everybody listening. If, if you are going down the path, don't leave your partner behind. Yeah. You have to communicate like what you're doing, where yeah. you want to go. Where you're going, why you want to go there. And not do it. Yeah. And, and it's not about me, 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 me. It's yeah. us, us, us. Mm-hmm. This is what I want for us. Yeah. Um, and that's very important yeah. because the other person, if, if they're, you know, 10 blocks behind you, they yeah. don't know what's going on. They're probably super confused of what's happening and yeah. why all this change is happening and they might not like it and they might be very frustrated. And everybody, I mean, I think a lot of the people listening, specifically the women, they know very much <laughs> the experience that I had where 
I mean, when you're having one of these life-changing aha light bulb moments, sometimes it happens so fast. It's like a download where, where everything comes into picture and it's so hard to explain that to somebody because you left three days ago and you were the person that they knew and loved and got married to and you come home and everything is different. And you're, how do you, you know, how do you communicate that? Yeah. That's, do you remember was it after bliss? No, it wasn't after the bliss part. Cause so you, oh, you did that. that then, then you did a line, right? Then we did then a line, we did a line together. together. Did, now, did we come in after aligned and then set the yearly goals? Or did we already have the yearly goals set? Before we, we nope. We did yearly goals after aligned because that was part of it. That was part of the process. Yeah. They had us do that as a couple. That was part of our homework. Well, yeah, but we did on New Year's. We did on New Year's Day. That's when we talked about because they did that too. Okay. No, talking about traveling yeah. was no. Do you remember when we decided when we made that bucket list? Yeah. That was Valentine's Day. We were having booze and dessert on the floor, and I broke one of my champagne glasses. And yeah, we yeah, yeah. Talked but about what did, we wanted to do before we had a baby. I think we like, kind of put it down as a goal because yeah. we talked about like, we did moving to Thailand we, for a year, yeah. and then we talked about all these different things. Well, we did do the goals per their kind of outline yeah. that New Year's, but then we didn't we didn't do it. We didn't do any of the stuff on our goals. Yeah, and so we had to revisit them and yeah. actually do it for real. But. Yeah. So basically aligned before yes. we move on. Aligned was a 12 week or something. It was something oh, like that. that. 12 yeah. weeks, once a week, we got together, we did homework, we t- shared our homework with each other. And then we watched, did like a live Zoom session with a bunch of other couples and Chris and Lori Harder. And it, it was game changing. That was like the pinnacle moment. That's what brought me back up to speed. Yeah. And again, it might, that might not be what everybody needs. Right. And- I mean, obviously we're not sitting here trying to sponsor. No, no, but we love everything. But, but would you say that it was because Chris Harder being a guy married to a woman who was, you know, doing all of this stuff and whatever he shared a very real, like human, like, I feel like he made it less, um, I don't know. I feel like he made it make sense for you. Do you agree with that? Or I mean, yeah, I think he broke things down in a, in a logical way. Yeah. Right. Cause I mean, I cause he say, was where you were when they started. We were on very similar paths. He's, he's older than me, yeah. but yes, we're on similar paths and um, just the way I think his brain works mm-hmm. is how my brain works. Yeah. A very logical person, you know, fine. I think he's going to have finance background or something. I yeah. can't remember what he yeah. did before he broke out in entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, just very similar courses. So when he started talking, I could, I could relate to it. Yeah. And so, so you get, and that's another thing you have to find out what that is for the both of you, because this might not be it. These people right. might, you might not align with them. Right. They might not be the, you know, uh, the people or the course that's going to work for you. And your course might not even be needed, but. Right. I'm just trying to give them some, yeah. like the tangible was that we found someone who could speak basically to you directly. To me. Yes. And it, that was, was that was the me. selling point for yes. me. So it doesn't matter who or what it is, is that at that time, Lori Harder was speaking right into my heart and her husband, when I heard him, I thought to myself, he sounds like my husband. And so I brought Mike to him because I felt like he could speak to Mike. And so for a lot of you who are like, how do we do this? I think one of the big steps is finding someone who can say the thing you want to say, but say it to your partner directly in Mm -hmm. a way they're going to hear it. Yes. I think that's really important. Very important. It was very important. Yeah. So that was like step one that got us, that got us on this, in the same book, at least. I don't know if you guys on the same page, you guys in the same chapter, maybe? Same, probably the same book. Yeah. yeah. And, same book, and yes. gave us 
start giving me the vocabulary. Start giving me the vocabulary. A lot of the stuff, you know, at the end of the day, it was great. I'm glad we did it. A lot of the stuff I still think is woo-woo. And <laughs> it's just, I don't, think I don't think you'll ever sell me on it, but it's fine. Yeah. Successful people do this, yeah. right? And so they take courses like that mm-hmm. and they, they follow it, you know, to the T and there might be something behind that. I don't know. But that got us aligned. And then that put us on the trajectory to set our goals, which is quitting our jobs, mm-hmm. traveling the world. Yeah. But before we quit our jobs mm-hmm. and travel the world we put it down that that's what we were going to do and then Kristen went on another uh adventure course yes. class something i'm not sure was where you went. went to florida with amber i think so okay this is the same year this is all like same a couple year. weeks yeah. later all same year. so i'm just giving you guys the path of how things can change oh, very man. rapidly yes. and how you have to as a partner you have to pivot and be open right it, yes. you can't just put up your wall because that's what our partnership is is that people are going to pivot and change and then they might turn around and come right back to the original, right? So what happened was, is Kristen went on this, mm-hmm. I think, did you speak there? Just quickly, I can't remember what you were doing there. Um, no, I actually, that was very random and it's, it isn't super important to the story. No, but you were. I was there um, helping her out as a friend. Basically. Oh, this, I remember what you were doing there. She, yeah, yeah, I, was, yes. I was cooking. Yeah, I was literally yeah. being were a doing, private chef. You were being the private I, chef. I used yeah. to do that. Because Kristen life, you guys. cooks a lot as and well. And someone reached out to me because they were doing a private retreat. Kristen's got her hands in all I do. the pots. And they said, I don't know what I'm going to feed these 25 women who have all different eating restrictions. Yeah. Would you come up and like chef for the weekend? Like, seriously, and I was like, yes. If anybody's out there that needs like a chef, Kristen can do it. If you need a postpartum doula, Kristen can do it. If you need a coach, Kristen can do it. If you need yoga a sex coach, Kristen can do it. If you need a yoga teacher, Kristen can do it. Um, I got lots of certifications. She's, she's got it all. Um, anyway, so Kristen goes, comes back and she's just different. And we didn't have a chance to talk about it right away. But then all of a sudden we sit down on the couch one night and we start talking and she's talking about a farm and she wants this farm in the next six months. She wants a baby. She wants to be grounded. She doesn't want to go anywhere. She wants like 50 acres. And I'm like, hold on a second. I'm like, we're setting our paths up to go travel the world in like four months. What do you mean? And she's like, well, I just, this is what I'm feeling inside. And this is what I want. Oh my God. I'm like, so, so are we traveling or are we not so traveling? Embarrassing. Okay. I, I'll connect this for you guys a little bit. The thing Mike didn't mention is that it was huge. It was huge for me to come back to him and say that I wanted yeah. to have a baby right away because when we sure. started dating, I didn't want kids. I thought that yeah. I didn't want kids. Yeah. Yes. And we had had conversations well, we, about it. We already it. had conversations around how you did want kids. Yeah, but that. I was also like after, way after, I mean, way in the future. They were way in the future because I was afraid of it. And there was lots of reasons for that. Basically, I had a heart-altering uh, experience with these women in this castle near Disney World in Florida. And I had a breakthrough around my mother wound and how I had all of these deep fears based on my own relationship and childhood uh, that were keeping me from, you know, fully committing to being a parent and, and were keeping me from even admitting that I desperately wanted to be a parent because I was really scared, which I think is also somewhat common. So that happened. And then I got a vision, a really clear vision. And this is where discernment comes into play and where it is helpful to have a partner who, even though it can be discouraging and it can sometimes feel like you're getting like smacked in the face with a bucket of cold water, having someone reground you after a situation like that, because what I later 
was able to gather was that the vision, the download that I got, it was definitely for future. It was not for six months from now. It was something that I still very much want, but I see that in 10 years. Like I still don't feel like that's immediate. Everything that has happened from that point to now is still guiding, going in that direction. I have like an, it's not even the end, but I have this vision, this place where I'm going to arrive where the next phase of work and life will happen. Um, but at the time it just, it was very visceral and it felt really real and really pressing. And I'm also, I mean, you can speak to this. I'm also an action taker. Like when I come to a decision, if I, if I feel like something needs to happen, I want to move on it as quickly as possible. I don't like sitting and waiting with stuff and sometimes to my detriment. I mean, I like to move really fast. Yes. Too fast. Yes. And so basically, yes, I I had this crazy life-changing experience, visions, all these things. And I came home and I was like, oh my God, here's everything. And I just vomited it out because I was trying to get better at communicating to you mm-hmm. things that happened yes. to me as they happened. Which I was very But that was very that overwhelming. Right. It was like brain overwhelming. <laughs> I was like, I need a baby and all this stuff. Yeah. And you were like, what is going like, on? What is, you were gone for three days. Yes. What happened. Right. You came back from the last one. You're like, yeah. we need to do all this fun, crazy yeah. stuff. And we need to change our lives yeah. and become a better person. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> And then now you come back and you're like, I want a baby and I want to live on a farm away from everybody and start this business. And I'm like, you're like, shit, what am I doing? What is going on? Did you think I was crazy? Honestly? Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were losing your mind a little bit. nuts. But, <laughs> but it was, I mean, only for a short, yeah. short minute. Right. And then I think after so a couple of days. how I brought you around. Did you, I settle? I talked to a couple of people and they helped me. Like, I don't well, know. We talked it out. And, yeah. and then you, yeah, we obviously went back to life and yeah. I went to work and stuff. And you talked to your core group. Yeah. And I think you probably got some information clarity. from your friends, some clarity. Yeah. And, and us talking again as well. Yeah. Well, and I think our, our continued conversation helped me with the timeline. And I think that's what brought us back to our initial goals where we're like, okay, so if this is what you're thinking now, we need to re-review our goals. And then we started talking seriously about having kids for the first time. And we were like, if we do that, how's that going to look? And that brought us to what do we want for ourselves before we have a kid? Because Mm -hmm. once we have a kid, everything is going to change. Mm -hmm. So what do we want for our relationship? What is an experience we want to be able to have? Are there things that we're going to be really that we're going to feel like we missed if we don't do them, if we don't get to experience them before we have kids. And that boiled down to basically one thing. And that was that we wanted to travel extensively Mm -hmm. before we had a child. And so that is what, when I reconnected to that desire, I was able to kind of push off the baby for a second. So I was like, oh, that's going to be really hard to do with the child. And if I want that, then yes, we should, we should hold off on that and we should make this happen first. And that was the best decision that we've ever. ever made. Ever made. Ever made. Ever made. It, you know, it's understanding what priorities you want out of life. Yeah. And then prioritizing them and making sure that you accomplish them. Yeah. Um, and my, that, when she came back from that one, that was a big smack in the face because so we were just getting on this. We were just in the same book. I know. Not on the same page like, yet. I just caught up with just you. Just caught up. Of. And I, this is, you know, now that we talked about this traveling and we set it in stone. Yeah. There's no, there's no turning back for me. Yeah. This is, I want this. Yes. Like this has to happen before we have, it's not going to happen if we have yeah. a kid. It's not going to happen if we postpone until next year. It's mm-hmm. not going to. And I think that was a moment for me too, where this was the first time that I had seen you really, um, I don't want to say not like take initiative because you are very good at that, but 
this is the first time that I saw you really want something outside of like something kind of alternative. This is the first time I saw you want something outside of the ladder, outside of all of yeah, that. The, nor the normal yeah. life I was walking through. Yes. Like, this is the first time and I so, pulled myself out and took yeah. the, the, the risk. Know, dirt road. Any ri yeah. yeah. That's so that's the first one. That kind of that's when my ears perked up and I was like, okay, like no matter kind of what I want right now, what I feel, this is him moving in the right direction. And I have to honor that and I have to meet him there because if I try to flip things on him right now, once he just got to this point, he's gonna disengage. Yeah. And you were so engaged. And I was like, All right, well yeah. then we're doing this. It was if I have to put yeah. off a baby for another year or whatever, or two years, or that's not a big deal. Like we're gonna do this and then we'll come back to yeah. this stuff. And so I felt like it was really important to to be where you were when I realized how invested you were because that was progress. Yeah. And so that for was you guys, probably the biggest leap yeah. mentally for me Yes, into the next chapter. Well, cause you had just started, you had kind of gotten on board with, with like a morning routine and you had started getting up early and you were reading mm -hmm. and you read four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Mm -hmm. And that was, that kind of got your wheels turning mm -hmm. about what it would look like to structure your own life and, and yep. travel more and travel is something you've always, always wanted to do. And we're not done. Yet. No, we're not we done. We did it. We're going to keep doing more. As soon as we can, as yeah. soon as the world opens again. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's important to note and that I, had to recognize that even like I was still moving so fast all the time, but I had to stop and prioritize and, and recognize what progress looked like for you. You were making progress mm -hmm. and I couldn't ignore that and brush past it. I had to come to where you were and, and pause and be there with you in, in your progress and not keep moving. Mm -hmm. I had to give, I had to give you the chance to actually catch up to me. Yeah. And sit and sit in it for a little bit, a little bit yeah. which was awesome. Yeah. It was really, really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How, so after that happened, that was huge. Cause that showed us that was six months of you for the first time since high school, you know, cause it was high school, right into college, right into your job, right into, and then everything and after that. In all those. I yeah. In high school, I worked in college. Yeah. This is the first time in your whole life since you've been on the conveyor belt of, you know, following societal structure that Stop. you could literally spend your day the way you wanted to. That's amazing. Yeah. Is that our baby? That is our baby. She's wide awake, right oh, on time. Shh. Okay. All right. So we're going to wind it up. But we're wind it, up. We it was amazing. It, it was the first time I, I could see myself one day, I'm, you know, 32. And I, by the time I'm 40, I'd like for this to be in full effect sooner if possible. But yeah. like in an entrepreneur being an entrepreneur, like what does that look like? Now it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and people would say, well, you didn't, you were just taking a very extended vacation, but I could mentally, I mentally got myself there mm -hmm. on what a day would look like when you're not structured by an organization yeah. where you have to go in and this is your task. You have these jobs to do every single day. Um, and it was really mind opening. Yeah. And I was, when we got back, I was still really into that mindset of, I was going to go work for a startup company. Um, we were potentially going to move out West mm -hmm. and, you know, we're going to do, and my mindset was totally different. Yeah. Then we had a kid. Yeah. Then we got pregnant <laughs> and then we got pregnant and my mind went, it went back, but it's not, I think you would agree. It's not back. It's not where it used to be. I it's think just, what happened is, was it's, we're in the moment and yeah. I, we have to provide and we have to, you went into, I know that I can get insurance and I can support this baby that's about to come by doing the, what I've always done. So I have and to I go back well, here for a little right? bit. And I yeah. do well, right. Do very I'm very well. good at it. Yes. So I just had to step back into it yeah. for a little while. Um, it's been a year. 
yeah. step back into it. And I don't hate it. I, I enjoy, mm-hmm. right. I, particularly where I'm at now, I enjoy doing what I do. Yeah. Um, I'm, it's even better now because I'm, I'm learning different things. Like now that I've stepped into more of a managerial role mm-hmm. um, and I have a team that I get to guide, it's more of guiding versus that tactical day to day. Yeah. And that's giving me a whole new skill set then take into the entrepreneurship role later down the road. Well, our baby's chilling for a second. Um, so bringing us, this is bringing us current time. So you're, you're back in basically corporate America mm-hmm. right now. I am full-time entrepreneuring, yeah. doing a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Super grateful and acknowledging you because you having that structure and that consistent income is what allows me to not only be here full-time with our daughter, but to invest my time and energy in full-time in these projects. And that's been amazing. So how, I guess, kind of full circle, we had that big moment where I was like, oh, can I spend a thousand dollars to like get us on the same page here to a recent conversation where I came to you and I said, I need to invest much more than a thousand dollars into myself because Mm -hmm. I believe that that is going to get me where I am trying to go for our family, Mm -hmm. for us, for the life that we want. How do you feel like that conversation was different because you were so that conversation couldn't have happened a couple of years ago. How do <laughs> I would you have laughed you out of the course. room? Of <laughs> course. How do you feel? Like I guess, what do you feel like the biggest difference was between that that conversation and the one we just recently had? I think it's to be totally honest. Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. One, my mindset changed mm-hmm. with what we just discussed for the last half hour. Two, um, I've watched you change because this has been a two-way street you went wooey and i want to be on this entrepreneurship path and change my life be better but you also had a lot of things that you needed to work on oh yeah in a different way that i had already locked in and was really great at things like finances things like finances (laughs) basic management of money basic management of money (laughs) responsibility yes you know um (laughs) that i had had locked in locked in and you know i feel like i'm an expert in that area you are so the second thing was is I've watched you grow a lot in that area and watch me and you're, you're more conscious around money and money management. And I know we both have a path of wealth and you don't have to worry about the, you know, that dollar when you spend it, but in current state you do. And I've watched you transition mm-hmm. right to that. Um, I had a third one, but I forgot it. So those, those are the two big ones, right? Is that I think I got more on your page, mm-hmm. but also I watched you become more fiscally responsible so the the deal we made was that yeah you i'm I'm okay with it i'm mentally there where i think it can benefit you but you're fiscally responsible yeah right this is going to better your business so that means your business has to grow enough to pay for it right right because the the money that i'm generating feeds the house yes keeps the house flowing and so now this I'm open to it. And that was a big mindset. So trust me, guys, women out there that have been in my position, Mm -hmm. it's just to think about spending X dollars on something that does not make any sense to me because it's just not my path. Yeah. It's, it's hard. But once you open your mind to the benefits of it um, and what your partner's going to get out of it, then I think you can, you can get your mind there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you've seen, you've seen the benefits of my growth in how I show up for you in our relationship. Is that accurate? 
Would you say that? Yeah, 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 I think so. I think you've put more effort into just, yeah, everything, like the daily yeah. kind of activities and you ask a lot more questions before you do things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that what all of that has led me to believe that this is probably something you need. Yeah. And you are going to find a way to make it happen regardless. Even if I said no, you're still oh, going to yeah. find a way to make it happen anyway because yeah. you're at that point and you're mentally prepared and ready for it. And that's a really important point and one that we can <laughs> that we can end on. But for you guys listening, I when I when I did go to him, like I I knew I know our situation because we communicate about that stuff. And so what I was asking for, I wasn't asking him for permission. I was asking him if he could be on board with me doing whatever I had to do to come up with the money to invest in this big thing yeah. that I really needed. I wasn't asking him for money. Mm-hmm. And these conversations will look different for all partners. Um, you know, Some of you are stay-at-home moms and you don't have the opportunity or the outlet to make any other money. And so the money that is coming into the household is both of yours because you're doing something for the family. And that's, it's, it is a different conversation, Um, but it comes from the same place, which is there's a mutual respect. And I think going even back to what, you know, Chris and Lori Harder first taught me, which was that you very much want your partner to be on the same page and you love them and you respect them and you want that trust to grow and you want to grow together. Nobody wants to leave their partner behind but you have to be willing, like you have to be so committed to your, your wholeness and your growth that if you do everything in your power to bring that person that you love along with you and they will not come with you, you have to be prepared to keep going for yourself. You can't stop. Yeah. You Most have to keep going. Hurt. You might, I mean, on the journey, you're probably going to, I mean, hopefully you don't lose partner. Yeah. a partner, but you might lose friends. You might yeah. lose close loved ones, potentially family, you know, it, yeah, it's, there's a chance it's that that's going to happen because people are not on the same, yeah. in the same mindset as you anymore. Yeah. And you can't get everybody to come along. It's, and it should be your responsibility to get everybody to come along. Right. But you know, I think in this scenario for me, the, the biggest thing was always, how am I going to make, how am I going to help Mike value this because it is, it's a big monetary investment as well as one of time. But for Mike, who is so fiscally responsible, who is such a finance numbers guy, how can I make the results quantifiable enough to, to get him on board, to get him to agree? Like that felt like the hardest part for me was the money. I was like, how is he going to see the value in this? And from it's what it sounds like, uh, you know, it, it's not necessarily, you might not value something at the same dollar amount that I do, yes. but you can see. I can see how you value it. Yes. Yeah. I don't value it. Right. But you value but it. But I do. And we know that it's going to work because yes. I value it that yes. much. So hopefully, hopefully this was helpful I hope for so. you guys. <laughs> Sounds like it's just a lot of like babbling, but. It, but there was, it's just a lot of, it was a lot of communication lots of talking. We did lots and lots of talking. This last time I was so nervous to ask you for the thing that I had to send you an email. email. I wrote him an email email at work. Well, because I wanted to feel calm. And when I really want something or when I feel really deeply about something, sometimes it makes me emotional and I didn't want to get flustered. 
And I knew that Mike is like, he's a data guy and I didn't want him to be hammering me with questions. I mean, not have the answer or feel so like flustered or overwhelmed that I couldn't give him the quantifiable information. And so I took the time and the space to sit down and outline it so that I could make my case in a calm, rational way and also give him space to receive it and think about it so that he could get back to me. Yeah. And I mean, I felt like that was effective. Didn't you? It was a good way of communicating. <laughs> was it a nice yeah. way to, it was good. Was yeah. helpful. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Give me a chance to uh... use us. Wow. <laughs> I guess that biscuits and gravy did so well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It, it was a good way to communicate to me. The funny thing was when I came home that night, you were ready to talk about it like right then and there. And I was like, well, hold on. I get a minute to process this too. But That's true, you guys. Uh, I literally told him. Like, to, sat down and I, at me like, you ready to talk about it? Well, like, I literally no. told him to take his time processing. And he was like, okay, thanks. I will. And then he got home and he didn't say anything. And I was like, you don't have anything to say. And he's like, I'm processing. <laughs> I said, oh. So I really thought that I, I made such a, a rousing, like, an inspirational case for what I wanted. Yeah. That you were just going to be like, okay, I'm on board. You know, he took a couple days actually and made me sweat a little. Uh, but at the same time I was, I was prepared to move forward. Even if he was like, sorry, I can't get on board with this, which is, I mean, we've talked about that before and that's a, that's another in-depth conversation because there's a lot of love and trust here. There really is. Yeah. You're going to go get our baby. Oh, you're getting up. Love and trust here. Your yeah, she got her baby. She's up. Love and trust yeah. your partner. Um, even when you guys are in two different mindsets yeah. and two different places. Because there's been times when I've been like, I kind of wish you wouldn't do that. And you're like, well, I'm going to because it feels important. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I hate to say it, but I think that's why we get along so but well. That's that autonomy. We truly believe in something we're doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, I picked up our family and moved us 500 miles from where we lived, yeah. right? And you you looked at me and you're like, is this what we need to do? And I'm like, I think so. And I said, okay. Yeah. And we almost kind of take turns. It's like, because I trust you to know I'm going to follow you. And I, I think our commitment, our commitment is to getting on the same page. We're not always going to be on the same page, but we are committed to ending up in the same there. book always. Yeah. That's that's the work. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. Thank you. Hey guys, it's been real. I'm going to get our child. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I hope that was helpful. That was real time working it out literally on our living room couch. Uh, this will come out on Wednesday, but it's Sunday. Did it, we had to snag a second while our baby was napping. And I hope that this has given you just some ideas and maybe maybe some clarity around what's going on for your partner and maybe even given some language if you have just began such a journey. Uh, maybe I can, I'm giving you a little peek into the future and giving you the vocabulary to have some of these conversations and to hopefully, I hope it was supportive. I hope it was supportive. So please reach out to me with questions, send me messages, send me an email. Uh, let me know how this hit for you. Let me know what's going on in, in your journey. Let me know how you and your partner are dealing with these things. If you have tried and true proven methods of communicating through really extensive growth with a partner would love to hear those and share those with the community as well. So sending love and gratitude to you guys for being here, for engaging, for sharing, and for generally just making the world a better place through vulnerability and, and 
these important conversations that create space for safety and, and the sharing of our, our stories, which goes a long way in our collective healing. So we will not be back next week. Again, spaciousness, bi-weekly episodes. So you got plenty of time to listen, let it sink in, share it with a partner, get their thoughts on the, on the situation, let them, let them uh, weigh in. And we'll be back in two weeks with fresh stuff for you. Sending you guys a lot of love. Hey, thank you so much for hanging in there and listening with an open and curious heart. I hope this conversation has inspired, educated, and entertained you, or at the very least, shaken things up in a productive way. Ann Voskamp says that shame dies when stories are told in safe places. So please share, rate, and review. Sending you love and dark chocolate. Talk soon. <laughs>